You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Pro Football Weekly and the NFL 1000. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? Excellent. As always, I am ready to uh, talk about some some options a little bit further down the board tonight. Yeah, we're, we're less than three weeks away from the draft. It, we're getting close. Hey, by the way... I'm going to be at the draft, so stay tuned for that kind of content because I, I will actually potentially be broadcasting or recording from Ooh. the draft. But uh, that that's, would... just, that's what we call a tease in the business, Marcus, just a little tease. While you'll be at the draft, I'll be at the White House. I, I, I would trade you any day of the week. But... <laughs> yeah, you and me both, brother. Uh, all right. So coming up on today's show, we discuss the Cowboys' second-round pick. We've talked a lot about on this show, uh, number 19. But today I wanted to do an entire show just talking about some of the names uh, that could be considered at pick 50 or maybe some of the guys the Cowboys might be interested in trading up. Uh, so we're going to focus on that. We're going to talk about some possible trades, the value of that pick, and so on. Uh, but before we do that, um, I want to be honest with you. Uh, I'm, I happen to be someone who has a list of the 30 visits. Um, we, we have most of them out right now. What? I think we have tw- Yeah, <laughs> we have about 20 of the 20... Oh, 20 of the 30 visits out right now. Um, the Cowboys do not have 30 uh, visits yet. They always save a couple at the end, just in case something weird happens over the next few days. Um, but when I look at this list, and you guys can go on the various websites. I know Cowboys Wire with Katie Drummond has a list. Um, I don't see many names on that list that make sense at 50. When I kind of look at the list, I see a bunch of guys that are first-round talents. Um, And then, you know, that's your Harold Landry's and your Calvin Ridley's and so on and so forth. Um, And then I see a couple guys that are maybe uh, in between the first and second round, maybe that bottom, uh, you know, bottom 30 to 40. Uh, And then a bunch of late-round guys. So I I just feel like it's kind of odd this year that they're using so many resources on the first round. Uh, Do you agree with that? Well, I think that I think the problem is is that with the first round this year, there's so much, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say uncertainty, and it's going to. I don't want, but I'd like to use uncertainty without a lot of the negative connotation there, because I really don't sure. feel like I feel like there's, even though you're not certain who you're going to walk away with, there's a lot of really good options for the Cowboys at 19. So, um, I, I I think that, but but kind of going back to the original point. I think that there there's just a lot of unknown and and I think obviously the NFL hates that so because of there's so much unknown at the pick at 19 the first round the most important pick they're going to need to kind of you know really load up on the visits in order to get a grasp on what they're doing at 19 now obviously just because there are a whole bunch of good options there doesn't mean they can't screw it up. So they have to find a way to, uh, you know, kind of parse these guys and figure out what's what. And you know, they found we've you, you've seen over and over again they've used these thirty visits to kind of be a a a, a mark or a, a kind of unifying mark between the the departments on 
well, you remember when he visited with us, you know, they, they really do take these mm-hmm. visits very seriously uh, and, and really take that opportunity to kind of see how these guys fit into their culture personality-wise with the people that are in the building um, and just, you know, I think it also just helps them envision them in the building. I know that sounds so dumb, but I, I, I mean, think if you, you know, just see, trying to figure out how a person could fit. Some people just, it's, it's better to see them walk in the halls and just kind of, I can see that guy as a Dallas Cowboy. I know that we think that that sounds dumb, but people have been picked for dumber things than that, frankly. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so let's go through, we have a list of oh, about eight guys. Uh, we're going to call them the short list of guys. If the Cowboys stay, um, at 80 or at 50, excuse me. And of course, these names are going to be somewhat dependent on where the Cowboys go in the first round. Because if they pick a guard like Will Hernandez at 19, they're not going to double up on that position. So a guy like Austin Corbett, who we're going to talk about in a second, wouldn't make sense at 50. So obviously, this is, totally depends on what they do in the first round. Um, so let's go ahead and go through those names with that in our minds. And the first one is Corbett. Give me just a quick 30-second summary of what you see in Austin Corbett, the guard from Nevada. Strong hands, man. Um, he played he played left tackle for Nevada, um, but he he definitely looks like he is going to fit uh, inside a guard. Uh, you know, just kind of you know a, a lot of the sort of player that you you kind of thought i mean like like a like a cheap man's Zach Martin to a certain degree um you know where it's like he looks he looks good at guard uh he looks you know he he does uh, he definitely struggles a lot more than than Zach Martin did at tackle uh, but I mean, he same sort of player, and I think stature. I mean, kind of a six four, tick over three hundred pounds. Uh, you know, uh, maybe a l- slightly shorter arms than you would normally like for a tackle. Uh, so that's why I think you're going to see him uh, project more of a, as a guard. But he's got big, strong hands. Like that's the thing that I really liked about him is that he gets his grips on you and he and he can really move you. Um, and I think you know, just the the enclosed space and guard is also going to help. Uh, kind of help him out with with some of the uh, the concerns with mirroring and stuff. But overall, I think he's he's one of those guys who's probably near the 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 bottom of the list of guys that you could draft and you know that you could probably plug in and start him at left guard right away. Yeah, we've talked about on this show how much the Cowboys uh, love drafting college left tackles and moving them to guard. Austin Corbett, 49 starts at left tackle. Um, I think that's a guy that they would love to see in the second round if they don't go guard in the first round. Uh, The next guy is a guy that you actually mentioned to me uh, before the show, and that's Anthony Miller. Uh, As of right now, we don't know that Anthony Miller is a visit, uh, a 30 visit or uh, with the Cowboys, but talk about a guy that makes a lot of sense in terms of scheme fit, productive at Memphis. What do you think about Anthony Miller? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that, you know, you, we talk about, you know, th- there's a thought process going on that there's a they, a uh, kind of philosophical shift going on uh, at the wide receiver position for the Cowboys. And I think, you know, to a certain degree, I, I, I don't think that that's too crazy to uh, assume just if you look at, you know, they, they changed, at the very least, they changed wide receiver coaches. So, uh, mm. I, I think to me, Anthony Miller is a lot more um, a guy that you know they probably wouldn't have considered uh, in the past as as or they or they may not have considered him as as highly as as 
they uh, would do now, but but more of the kind of wide receiver that they would like to get. A guy that you know really could do some damage uh, after the catch is athletic. You know, I mean, he had a. Uh, uh, a fracture in his foot, and I think it was the fifth metatarsal, wasn't it? It was. The, it was that Jones it was, fracture. It was yep. that Jones fracture. So, um, yeah, it's it's so similar injury to what Dez had. So that's you know that's maybe why you're seeing you know his name only now kind of coming to the the forefront. But he put up huge, really impressive numbers at his at his pro day. You know, he, he, he's uh, he's he's more of a get open now kind of receiver. I mean, he's he's. You know, five eleven. I think a tick over two hundred pounds. So he's one of these guys who's kind of built more like a, a running back than you would think of a traditional uh, wide receiver. But he's got long arms and he's got great hands, uh, and and he's just a, a menace with the ball in his hands and, and after the catch. And and I really like him a lot. And I think he's, yeah, I agree. Like with what you said, like for what they're what they're doing in the future with Dak. You know, Dak's more of a see it open, throw it open kind of not more of a see it open more than a throw it open kind of quarterback. You know, but that's that's okay. You can you can do that in the NFL. Uh, this is the kind of guy that you need on your team to do it though. The perfect uh, receiver for Dak Prescott. Not the best receiver in this class, but I think he of all the receivers, I think he makes the most sense uh, with Prescott because he can play in the slot and he can win quickly. Uh, he can play as a Z receiver and he can get open. Uh, I think he has a little bit of Emmanuel Sanders to his game. I love Anthony Miller in the second round. They decided to go there. Uh, another guy that you like quite a bit, and that's Billy Price, the center guard from Ohio State. Uh, partially tore his pectoral muscle at the combine. Uh, I think that's a guy that maybe we were talking about at 19 uh, if he didn't get injured, um, but maybe you get a discount on him now at 50. Tell us a little bit about Billy Price. Yeah, actually, I mean, you are probably more the bigger Billy Price fan than I am, but I, am. I, I do like Billy Price a lot at this price. No pun intended. Um, but of course, the pun was, of course the pun was intended. Of course it was. Um, I, you know, at 50... You know, with the with with the torn pec and what's going on, I mean, it's not going to affect his long term outlook. He's it really isn't going to affect his short term outlook either. I mean, they feel like he's going to be ready for training camp, right? Isn't that the timeline, yep. or or at least yeah, definitely re- definitely ready for, for sure. Season. Training camp, maybe a little bit of OTAs as well. Oh, see, yeah, I mean, that's he, so he's he's in good shape even. Um, you know, I I think that when you look at that and you look at his tape and you look at the pedigree, um, you know, I I feel like you know this is a guy that. Uh, I didn't love, but was still considering uh, at 19 when we were talking about it. Um, but at 50, I mean, give me Billy Price all day. I, I now I might, you know, this is a guy who he's going to fit into the system. He's a lot like James Daniels, I think, but I, I I don't like him as much as Daniels. I think that he's just a step below in athleticism. I think he has a little bit more trouble uh, with his balance than Daniels. I think he plays out of control at times. Um, but I, I mean, this is also a guy who, even with the pec injury, with his experience, um, with his uh, football IQ, uh, with with his athleticism, uh, this is a guy again who's going to be able to step in right away and start uh, meaningful snaps and 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 should perform well at at left guard. And again, like Daniels as well, he has some experience kicking into center. So that I mean, that is valuable to a certain degree if you wanted to think about game day roster options. Yeah, he played the most games in the history of Ohio State. He started 55 games, 25 at left guard, 16 at right guard, and 14 at center. So you love that versatility. It's an incredible, uh, that, incredible resume, really, if you just yeah, look at absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. 
he he doesn't have the athleticism that Daniels has, and I think that's why Daniels should be a top twenty-five pick. Uh, but what I love about Daniel or uh, Price, excuse me, he's just mean. Uh, he's just kind of a bully in there. Um, I, I think he's the perfect second-round pick. You know, and even even if you want to ease him into action and you want to use Cameron Fleming and Marcus Martin, you know, through training camp in the first few weeks of the season until Price gets his feet under him, I'm fine with that. But I think Price is going to be a guy that starts for you for a long, long time. Maybe he never makes the Pro Bowl, but I think he's going to be a really solid player. Um, let's talk about two linebackers really quickly, and they couldn't be more different in style. Uh, Malik Jefferson, who was not a 30 visit, but he was a Dallas Day guy, could not go to Dallas Day because he had another visit. Uh, I'm told that he's going to be here the next couple of weeks. Um, and then Josie Jewell, the linebacker from Iowa, he doesn't have the athleticism of uh, Jefferson, but he's more of your uh, really instinctful linebacker. I, I think he's better as a will in the NFL. Um, Jefferson's probably better as a Mike. Tell me a little bit about these linebackers. Do these guys intrigue you at all at 50? I'll tell you what, if you bash them together real good, then yeah, you get a good th- linebacker. Th- I'd take him at 19. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, you kind of said it. I think uh, Malik Jefferson is the guy that uh, you want coming off the bus. You know, like, I mean, as far as like he, he looks and the athleticism and. Uh, for the linebacker position, like all the metric elements of linebacker position, he's he got he has it. Um, but I think you know he is the reason his performance and his output doesn't match his athleticism, which his output is still pretty good. But it, I mean, not considering what the kind of athlete he is is because his his athleticism is having to make up for his instincts as opposed to highlighting or accentuating his instincts. I mean, this mm. is a guy who he I mean, you want to talk about having to see it like this is a guy who's either guessing or he like really has to watch it for a second to realize what's going on. It, it's not it's not Sean Lee or Josie Jewell or you know that sort of player where he preternaturally watches a guard's skate on the way that he's pulling and knows not only where he's pulling to but where the ball's going and then beats the running back to the uh, uh the ball just because he you know has a some sort of psychic ability uh, I, this is a guy who's got to have to watch the play develop to a certain degree and then he's going to allow his 4 5 6 speed and his big big athletic frame to get make up for the makeup for that lack of time that he lost on the front end processing the information, and Jules on the other the other side of that, right? He's <clears throat> he's not an athlete. He's or he's not an, an incredible athlete. He's, he's still yeah, fine, he's actually though. not he's, a bad. He's athlete. not bad. He's really not a bad athlete. But, but but he's not like you know he's not getting drafted because he's because of his athleticism. Let's put it that no, way. No, of course not. He, he's, he's, but he, he, but he meets the requirement for the requisite athleticism of the position. And and to be clear, a Will linebacker is an incredible athlete. So he's just sure. at the bottom of the uh, – in a barrel of amazing athletes is really what it is. Uh, yes. So, so – you know, and and but but you know what the reason? Can he play able- Mike in the NFL? Can he? That's that's my only question I have about him. Can he play I, Mike linebacker in the NFL? I th- I think he can. I mean, I mean, I I think that I think that you know that the same thing that's allowing him that's going to allow him to play Will will allow him to play Mike just fine. I I think that if in the same way that I think Sean Lee could play Mike, and you know, I think if if they wanted him to, like I think that if you have knowledge and 
you know, technique, you know, repetition, and you have uh, 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 the the will to get it done. I, I nice. think that you can you can get you can you can get yeah. You like that again? Uh, I, I think you can. <laughs> I think you can. I think you can, you know, get the job done. I think that you know, that's that's what we found. I mean, that's that's the reason Josie Jules uh, is in the Josie Jules in the the NFL or going to be in the NFL is because yeah, he's got good athletes, athleticism, but the what thing the thing that's making that athleticism perform at a level up above his athleticism uh, is is that instinct is that is that you know knowledge of how to play the position and and, and getting him to the ball faster than his body should be able to take him. One quick note on those two. I always find this fascinating. Uh, it's considered Jefferson's the great athlete. Jewel's the average athlete. Josie Jewel had a one five six ten yard split. That's Jefferson's one five nine. Wow, that's uh, that's crazy. Impressive. And what, a one five six ten is just nuts. Like that's for, and a, a six eight three comb. Very, super super impressive. See that that to Joe's. me like yeah, and that's again you I mean, that that's really you want to talk about like. Going back to your question, that's a guy who can get around blocks. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like those, now, are, those you, are things that matter. Yeah, and I think that I think that you know I don't love someone who gets around blocks, and I've criticized Hitchens for that before. But I mean, there's a reality that Josie Jewell could probably do it better than Hitchens. You know, so sure. and, and I also think that Josie Jewell has enough oomph in his body. To if he has to be, I don't. I think the problem with Hitchens is that Hitchens at times. Would throw his shoulder into the guy, you know, which kind of would just take him out of the play, really, and it wouldn't even slow the guy down. I think that J- Josie Jewell could could actually get that done. And one more quick note, uh, Josie Jewell. I, I, a lot of people said his, they were worried about his arm length and his wingspan. Longer wingspan than Roquan Smith, Rashawn Evans, uh, Fred Warner, and Malik Jefferson. So I don't really worry about the arm arm length with Josie Jewell. I didn't want to like Josie Jewell when I first put on the tape. Uh, I watched that Penn State game and Saquon Barkley abused him. But the more and more you watch of him, uh, the more you get impressed. I just think that's the guy that if you draft him in the second round, you plug him into your lineup and you're going to have a hard time taking him off the field because all he does is make plays. Um, the last three guys we're actually going to talk about are three safeties. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, uh, the safety from Alabama. Uh, Jesse Bates, the uh, safety from Wake Forest. And a new guy uh, that we've kind of been hearing a little bit more about over the last couple days, uh, Tavares Moore from Southern Mississippi. Um, can you just give us you know, 30 seconds on each of those guys really quickly? <clears throat> okay. Well, uh, Ronnie Harrison. I know. I'm, I'm making it hard for you. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, Ronnie Harrison is, uh, you know, safety. He's kind of more of a box guy. I mean, he's a, he was a uh, – uh, just again, you, you talk about these Alabama guys, and you just you you wonder like what exactly is how their input, how their uh, you know output you know is affected. But 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 this is a guy who actually managed to put a, a really high level of output. You know, like it, it's you know the funny thing about Ronnie Harrison to me is that he went to Alabama, he did well. I, I think that people were maybe looking for a step like a the next step after his 2016 season because he, he was a sophomore and 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 like really like had a good year and then they were ready went ready for him to take that next step and I, and I just don't know that he ever did so I feel like maybe his momentum as a as a prospect got stunted and then just a lot of other Alabama prospects but as far as a guy that you could put down in the box like I think he has everything you want he can cover tight ends a, a little bit uh, but he's just a very you know like a lot of other 
uh, Alabama defensive backs. He's very, very well rounded um, mm-hmm. and just just a very good player. Uh, and I think that he's, but he's definitely not someone that you want. And, and you know, twenty one years old because he's a junior. Like I, I think he's a guy that you you want coming out, um, uh, and 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 you know c- can play that that strong safety. But I don't know that you want to sp- have him s- spend a whole bunch of time in the back end. He's just I don't think he's that. He's that uh, fluid. To me, he reminded me of a better version of Barry Church. Yeah, that's 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 probably true. I mean, and I guess the position kind of dictates that too. He's he's, he's more more of an athlete than Barry Church, and and more, uh, but and probably not as you know knowledgeable there as Church is now. But yeah, coming out for sure, I think he probably is a little bit better athlete, but still a guy that you would prefer to be in the box uh, than in the back end. Um, and then Jesse Bates, I, I can fill, fill us in on Bates. Bates is maybe the only true free safety in this class. Uh, I think he can be that center fielder. The one thing that worries me about him is I, I just didn't see a guy that wanted to tackle. Uh, and, and that worries me. But I do think if you have him as a deep center fielder, um, he shows some range. He shows some ability to play in the slot. I, he's okay. He's not a guy that I'm, uh, I would be thrilled to draft with. I think Marcus Williams last year was a better prospect, was taken the second round. I, I think Bates will go somewhere in the top 60 picks. Uh, not thrilled with him. Uh, but the other guy that we've, we need to keep an eye on uh, is more from southern uh, Missouri, uh, Southern Mississippi, excuse me. Um, a great athlete, a really tough kid. I think his best football is still ahead of him. Uh, I watched one game this year and I was just blown away by his athleticism. It just kind of jumps off the tape. Um, I'm not sure this is a guy that you need to take at 50, but I think it's going to be risky to see if he's at 81 because we just don't see athletes like this uh, very often. At his pro day, he ran a 4.32 at six foot one, 200 pounds, uh, with a 11 foot broad jump, um, a 40 inch vertical. I mean, great, great athlete. Any quick thoughts on more? Yeah, well, I gotta say when you talked about. Um the only true free safety, but there, I, I disagree because I think Moore is okay. that guy. Uh, I, I, right. I think I, this is a guy that, I mean, you talked about the speed and athleticism, but this is a guy who, again, this is the safety free, free safety version of Leighton Vander Esch. And I know you don't like to hear that because you, you know, Leighton Vander Esch, and, <laughs> okay, but, 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 but forget about, the, forget about the player. And, and let's think about the, the situation, right. With Vander Esch and, and whether you agree with me or not about Vander Esch, this is what I mean, and and maybe you could still like the player. And what I mean is that, you know, this is this guy spent two years at community college, was a late arrival on campus at a small school in Southern Miss. And by the way, can we just talk about how did we all miss Southern Miss last year? Where, where are all these prospects <laughs> from Southern Miss coming out of that are like these incredibly yeah, nuts athletes? Anyways, um, more like he. He came into the game late. He didn't get a chance to start. He he didn't start at all last season, and and was the leader in interceptions for the team. Uh, and th- they finally put him in as a single high uh, safety, f- uh, and he blew up this year. Had, had 87 tackles, uh, 13 passes defended, and three interceptions. And passes defended really, uh, to me, is uh, more of an indicator. And we've talked about this, I think, before in the previous season, but I've always preferred to look at passes defended. Uh, and, and 13 is, is a pretty good number for a free safety in his first year starting in football. So That's the, fantastic. Issue, the issue for him with, um, with you know, with coming into the NFL is obviously the, the level of competition jump. Um, and and I, I've heard some people kind of compare him to uh, – Xavier Woods, sort of in that sort of way, where I, I they 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 felt confident, it's sort of in his uh, like uh, 
heady knowledge, the way he plays the game, kind of helping him get into this uh, situation faster, uh, and being you know able to uh, to you know just kind of jump into the NFL a little bit quicker for, than usual. Uh, you know, I, I I see a guy who I think that you know immediately the first year could come in and provide something for you on on at least passing downs you know as maybe a nickel maybe as a nickel safety and 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 then i think could easily develop into a really really good uh a free safety because i i feel like he again is really sharply ascending at this point yeah, I think that's a guy that I, I'm going to be really interested at 81. 50 feels a little too rich for me because I'm hoping to get a guy that's in my top 35 players, but uh, I think that is certainly a guy that we need to keep an eye on. Now, we just went through about eight different names, and to be honest, the only there's really only two names on there that really get me excited, and that's Austin Corbett, uh, the guard, and Anthony Miller. So today I went through and I was starting to uh, trying to figure out some guys that maybe will fall to that 30, 35 range and would I be willing to trade up for them? Um, so I put together three possible trades, uh, trade ups, and I want to ask you if any of these make sense to you. Um, so let's go ahead and look at those. If the Cowboys trade their second and third round pick, that equals about pick 33, 34. And that's the same range that the Cowboys have moved up before in to get Sean Lee and Demarcus Lawrence. We've seen them have success moving all the way up to the top of the second round to get a guy they feel like has a first-round grade. Um, if they want to go up even further than that, if they use 50, 81, their third-round pick, and 116, their first fourth-round pick, they could jump all the way up to about 29 or 30, grab that extra, you know, the first-year option, um, and you know, possibly get a top 20 player. Um, and if they want to just do a little trade-up, 50 and 116, their fourth-round pick, gets them up to 44. Um, I, and I know a lot of this depends on which player is available, but do you like any of those three trades, or would you kind of just feel safe sitting back at 50 and seeing what falls to you? I, I'm certainly interested in listening to all of it. I, you know, my whole thing is that obviously I got to know what I'm go, what I'm shopping for because that's really going to make the price a lot more palatable to me. I think you know. Because so let me I, do this for you. Let okay. me do this for you. Let me. Get, I've got five names. Uh, I want you to tell me how far up you would trade to go get one of these names, and. Uh, I'll even give you the guy that the Cowboys draft in the first round to well, maybe make it sound. To. Yeah, you're gonna need right. To, that's All right, so let let let's go ahead with this first one, and let's say that the Cowboys draft um, James Daniels at 19. How far would you trade to go get Deron Payne? Okay, I'm sorry. Who they take at 19? James Daniels. Let's Daniels. say they take a guy that they think can be a plug and play left guard that has the potential to be a Pro Bowl well, left guard. I mean, I think this this you know like this kind of shows you. This is a good example because I think this kind of shows you the the, the problem I've got is that generally the position value for the kind of guys that I'm talking about wanting to trade up for isn't fantastic. So I feel kind true. of hes- hes- hesitant to like trying to trade back into the first round and and spending a lot of draft capital for these guys and and then having to pay a first round pick who who you know like in this position. You know he could play some three technique for sure, but is he a three technique? I don't know that for certain. This guy might end up playing nose tackle for me, which is fine. I don't mind drafting him that, but I'm also trading value 
to have the right to pay him first round money. If I miss on this guy, I've doubled down on him. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not like sure. uh that's not like I mean you're already, you know, it's it's like gambling, right? It's there's a difference between like, you know, paying the money to get in and then actually betting money, right? Like it's the paying yeah. the pot and then actually, you know, gambling. So I think that I think that's that's what's the weight of the value and for a guy like Deron Payne and for most of these guys really I kind of feel like I would feel more comfortable with a small trade up into second round uh, and, and, and you know also kind of a little bit less money depending on who it is uh, you know and, and just take the chance that, I mean the, that they're I'm gonna hit and if they hit that I gotta resign them sooner all right, let's give you a different one. Um, let's say the Cowboys go with Leighton Vander Esch, the linebacker from Boise State, and will in round one, and Will Hernandez slips past pick twenty-seven. At what point would you entertain the idea of going up to get Will Hernandez? Well, Hernandez is really the one that's the toughest for me because you know I, I that's the scenario that I use to try to you know break my head against this to figure mm. out exactly exactly how much. How uh, uh, you know convicted I am about this because because to me Hernandez if he fell to like you know thirty one like I, first of all I don't know how far he's going past thirty one so if and but you know and and now I'm doing the debate with myself is that I want to go get uh, uh, Hernandez because I, first of all I didn't get my starting guard and I need that starting guard so. Uh, so there's that. There's also the fact that I like Hernandez. There's also the fact that I feel like he's a fit. He's going to plug in right away. The dude's been playing left guard, you know, like so he's he's ready to go, you know. And so uh, all of those things are are great factors for me. And and I feel like he's going to fit in right away. But at the end of the day, again, I'm trading up for a guard, and you know. But if I don't, I, have, if I only have to give up a third to go get him, I'm fine with that. Like if that's all it cost me to get him, because that Man, those are two those are, I'm, but those are two starting guys you get you feel that you can plug in right away, and with the two fourth round picks that you still have and the the sixth round picks you can still move around as much as you want on day three you can even move back up into day two if you need to. I'm getting guys that I know when we walk into training camp on day one. Those will be guys that are starting. But that's see, why I'm intrigued with Hernandez. But see, you're selling me something that I've I sh- I feel like I should have already re- be receiving. Like I should already be picking two starters at fifty and at at, at eighty one. In my opinion. but I guess that but I, I which is true. But I feel I feel a lot better about picking Will Hernandez at thirty four or thirty five, the Cleveland pick, than I do at Austin, with Austin of course, Corbett at fifty. Of course. And I like Corbett. No, of course. So. So if you get a guy that you think has a you know probable potential by year two or year three, I'm fine giving up that third round pick to go move up and get him. Yeah, I I I think that her, again Hernandez is the one that that's the most difficult for me because I think it's the the perfect nexus of need plus player plus fit and and uh, I, I think I. St- Hernandez is the one that I, I probably would have to see who the actual pick is. If it was Leighton Vander Esch, I would I would have a hard time picking, still doing this trade, because I don't feel like I feel like I I, I haven't properly quenched my needs yet. I, I don't think that linebacker is such a desperate need 
uh, as opposed to some other things that I, that I feel like I can just be giving away day two picks. See that I think that's funny because I kind of think linebacker is a more pressing need than what maybe we have talked about on this show. I think they need a guy that can step in and play right now, um, and that's why. I would be interested in, in moving up for Rashawn Evans. We've kind of heard rumblings that Evans might slip a little bit in this draft if the Cowboys don't draft him at 19. Uh, that's a guy, if he gets into the low 30s, you know, if he's there at 33, 34, 35, and I've already got my guard of choice in round one, I'm interested in moving up for Evans because I think that's a guy that can play middle linebacker right away. Um, the only other guys that I have on here that maybe make sense, uh, Connor Williams, I, I know a guy that we both like. Um, if if he happens to fall, I think that's a guy that you have to consider moving up for. And uh, Corton Sutton, a, a big receiver, six foot three, two hundred twenty pounds, that kind of fits that profile of your typical X receiver in the NFL. Um, I, I I think when we when we're sitting there uh, late on Thursday night when we're looking at the draft. I think there's going to be a three or four names that we think about saying, how are these guys still available? Should the Cowboys move up? And that's where I would like to be to be aggressive. I, I don't think it makes sense anymore to move up at 19. Um, I think 50 might be the spot where you want to make that trade. We, like I've mentioned before, this is uh, a common move that we've seen the Cowboys make over the last couple of years. So any last thoughts on pick 50 for the Cowboys? McGlinchey. That, that's another Ooh. guy that, that, that could potentially be a trade-up. Now, would you so. trade up into the first round for him? Yeah, for McGlinchey, I would, because because okay. because I think that he's to me, I I view him as like a middle of the first talent, uh, and I you know offensive tackle obviously being one of the money five positions, and I I think that you know I would like to lock him down for the whole full five year term, especially with all the other contracts that you've got in the, the offensive line. Uh, you know, you're gonna be you're about to pay Zach Mil- Zach Martin a whole bunch of money. So, get even though that you know trading into the bottom of the first round is probably pretty good money for a starting offensive tackle. All right, let me ask you this real quick, and then we'll go. Uh, let's say you get McGlinchey at 28. Who is the perfect pairing with McGlinchey at 19? Who would you love to see them uh, draft with him? Harold Landry. Ooh, I like that a lot. You're just building the trenches. That's how you w- build good football teams. That's how, that's, how, that's how I'd be a GM. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.